Hey, listeners, this is producer Mitch. Mike and Vanessa are taking the week off, so we're going to go back and we're going to play a couple highlights from the past year. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello. And today, well, last, I guess we took a week off by accident. Yes. But in our last new show, we talked about that we're going to go over leasing. Correct. And is it really fleecing, like Dave Ramsey would say? Right. Your favorite person in the world. You know, I'm turning over a new leaf. Okie dokie. Less negativity. That I realized, you know, none of us are perfect. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Is that because of what you just tweeted? No. (laughs) Somebody had to go to Dallas for 48 hours. Oh, this is funny. And uh, I was getting extremely irritated texts about the two gentlemen he needed to sit in between. I had the guy from Game of Thrones, the red-bearded guy, and he smelled like he had just slaughtered a hog. And then another gentleman who was significantly larger. Yes. For a flight that lasted an extra two hours. Correct. We circled around Dallas for two hours because of a storm. Right. But what I just learned on Twitter, because I opened it, and by the way, we have 100 followers now. That's pretty exciting. Score. Three Um, triple digits. Somebody has Bluetooth headphones. Apparently, he did not pair said Bluetooth headphones with cell phone, and well, therefore, on. the you... plane got to hear at deafening volumes what was coming out of your phone. So this guy sitting next to me, he he had to have, in a two-hour flight, put five dips in, uh, chewing tobacco. Hmm. So it was constant permeation of spearmint aroma. I thought you weren't even allowed to do that on a plane. I don't know. I kind of thought that too. So I'm thinking, God, this guy's kind of rude. It's making my stomach turn. He's right next to me. Oh, that's gross. And it's, I mean, it's just a permeating stench. Is it legit dip or is it the little like pouches? Pouches. Okay. Well, that's, that's better. But permeating stench. You know, like when somebody boards with Chinese food and you're like, seriously. So... And I'm thinking in my head, God, this guy's rude. And I got my headphones on and I'm watching this movie and I can't hear the movie. I'm probably 10 minutes into it. And I'm like, turn the thing up. Which means, by the way, you guys, he jacked it all the way up so the entire plane could hear what he was watching. Correct. I have it as loud as it can go. I'm like, man, these headphones are not good anymore. And then I realized I took my headphone off for a minute. I'm like, hey, it gets louder. I'm like, because these are noise canceling. 
And I go, uh-oh. And the guy next to you probably shoved another dip in, glaring. You'd think he would have said something. I would have said something. I would have been like, sir, your headphones are done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not rude. It's just, hey, buddy. Can you imagine everybody looking at me? Here, I've got headphones on, and I've got sound coming out of my phone. Right. They're like, idiot millennial. Probably. That's what was going on. Anyway. So, so yes. Uh, be careful not to judge and think others are the rude ones when you, in fact, may be the rude one. Right. I was the rude guy on the plane. Yes, you were. Unfortunately. Or by accident. But back to uh, back to what we were talking about. So, leasing. We had a, a, a friend of ours. I'll put it that way. And they're leasing a car. You want to tell the story? Why they leased? They were having issues with their car that they owned flat out. Mm-hmm. It needed some rep- It was paid off, though. Yeah, paid off. That's what owned flat out means. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> but maybe, anyways, other, maybe others didn't hear owned, you. Owned, and there were a couple of minor things that needed to be fixed to the tune of, I think it was less than $1,000. Sure. Call it that. Instead of fixing those issues on a vehicle that they had been driving for a couple of years, so they know what the little quirks are with it mm-hmm. and have done maintenance on it, they traded it in and leased a vehicle because the payment was going to be cheaper. Because they couldn't afford the repairs. Right, because they couldn't afford the repairs. So the monthly payment with the upfront, if there was any upfront, was going to be cheaper than repairing a vehicle. Now, I think a lot of our listeners probably hear that and go, oh, I would never do that. I'm going to tell you right now, I would have, I've heard people forget headphones on an airplane and they're playing their iPad loud and you can hear it five rows back and I'd be like, mm, look at that guy. I'd never do that. And then right. sometimes you do because you get, and, and I've seen this a lot. This is why I liked this example. Here you've got somebody who can't afford the repairs on the vehicle they have. It's paid for, mm-hmm. but it's boring. It smells like, you know, stale old McDonald's fries. Dog dog maybe or, or maybe burger king fries i don't know their preference in that regard and instead of figuring out how to come up with that money i think it was over a thousand but not a lot it wasn't a yeah. five thousand dollar repair on a seven thousand dollar car it was maybe a fifteen hundred dollar repair on a seven or eight thousand dollar car right which said repair would then last at least another five six seven years well well let's do it backwards because i know their their lease payment i think they told us was right around two hundred dollars right so you got to break even then, even if you, assuming you didn't put anything down of seven months. Right. And like you said, they, they know what they, they have in that car. But one of the things that I get a lot from people, and I get to hear financial stories from people that you, most of you listening wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And there are people that seem like on the outside, they've got it all going right and everything together. And then I get to see the financial mess behind the scenes. Right. And I'm not saying that's always the case, but. I certainly see that sometimes. Well, correct. And it is, especially with cars, it's one of these easy things to go, oh, new car, I won't have all this repairs. Um, it's ex- it's really an emotional right. purchase. And there are a lot of people, this sounds outrageous or bizarre, if you can't afford the repair, why would you get into a lease? It happens more than you think. Mm-hmm. And one of the, so is leasing fleecing, as Dave Ramsey would say. Not necessarily. There is a cost for convenience. Correct. I was talking about this with the the taxi driver on the way to the airport this morning. Um, this is a good spot to take a break, but let's sit with that through the break, that there's a cost to convenience. It doesn't mean you're getting ripped off. 
Right. But sometimes I think we use faulty math to reinforce the decision we want to make. It's more important to understand, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And maybe I can or can't. But once you understand the emotion behind it, it makes it easier to say, is this a good decision or bad? Let's take a quick break. Hey, have you heard of the coronavirus? Yes, I have. And we're not talking about the one you get from the beer. We're talking about the one you get from big public events. Right now probably isn't the best time to attend one of these large meetings where some guy tells you why annuities are great and the stock market is bad. Because while the steak might look good, it's not worth the risk. Instead, we're willing for the first time to bring you in one-on-one. Don't go to a big meeting and eat some steak that's been touched by who knows how many people. Instead, come inside to our controlled office. Here's what we'll do. We're going to teach you about how to protect your money, teach you how to accomplish your goals, teach you how to maximize your Social Security benefits because that's what you want. Go online, LegacyFinancialNetwork.com, set an appointment or call us, 616 619- 5894004 and set your individual appointment today. Welcome back to segment 2 of Fireproof Your Finances. I almost forgot the name of our show. I can't believe you. But you can also join us on Twitter at Fireproof Show. Yeah, become one of the group. All like 200 and something of 206, I believe. And don't worry, unlike a chain smokers concert, we'll socially distance. What? What? What are you? There's concerts going on right now? Yeah, they had some charity benefit. Oh. Yeah, and everyone got right next to each other. I bet they did. You know what, though? (laughs) I'm going to go back to something I've said before. It's going to make people mad. People know the consequences. Correct. Stupid people do stupid things. They always have. That's why they're dumb. Correct. So all of those people knew what they were getting into when they walked into that probably open air concert area. Right. It is what it is. And the thing is, if you're listening right now, you know the people in your life, in your circle, who are kind of dumb. Okay. Maybe a stretch too far. What? We all know the stupid people yeah, in our lives. I suppose. But anyways, back to Robin Hood. <laughs> we're we're going to exit this uh, yeah. runaway train. Uh-huh. Okay, so here's the article. It's in the New York Times titled, Robin Hood has lured young traders sometimes with devastating results. Okay. So they're going to focus on a few people, and I'm probably going to murder this guy's name. So you want to go? You want to? It says Richard Dobatsi is what I'm going to say that that says. A Navy medic in San Diego dabbled infrequently in stock trading. But his behavior changed in 2017 when he signed up for Robin Hood. See, I was thinking that was like a French name, like Dobatse. Okay, well, you didn't want to read it for a reason, so I made up how I thought it sounded. I'm just going to pronounce it Richard Croissant. Richard (laughs) is 32 and has been charmed by Robin Hood's products. He funded his account, and I'm like skimming this because there's a lot of like filler stuff. Yeah, don't read it all. Just tell us the the backstory here. He funded his account with $15,000. Took out two home equity loans. Wait, and where'd the fifteen grand come from? Do you remember? Oh, it's credit card advances. Yeah. Okay. So And then he takes out home equity loans. Correct. Two and it's two thirty thousand, not two totaling thirty thousand. Hmm, and now right. his oh, and he his account shot up to a million at Robinhood. Million so or did, eight, yeah, somewhere yeah, around there. So he did a fifteen thousand dollar advance on his credit card, mm-hmm. two thirty thousand dollar home equity loans. He got up to a million. So he's seventy five grand in. Correct. 
Yeah, above. You're right. His account value shot above one million this year. I'm reading right from the article. And then this week, his balance was six thousand nine hundred and fifty-six dollars. <laughs> and it says when he is doing when he is doing his trading, he won't want to eat. Said his wife. Oh, correct. Yeah, he'd yeah. have nightmares. Okay, so that's kind of of the course of he the had nightmares. He lost it. Like first of all, he was speculative. Correct. Then he got up like over a million dollars, which nobody ever dreams of doing. He did exactly what you shouldn't do. And we've been on Robin Hood. Robin Hood's never been like, hey, guys, you want to buy more stock? What do you think about a home equity loan? Correct. Or buy our stocks, you'll be a millionaire. Like they don't ever advertise it as you do this and you're going to make millions of dollars. It's never said, hey, that Visa cash advance, it's there for a reason. You right. use it. Right. The guy took, like, this whole article is written from a negative perspective. I see a positive perspective. I mean, quite frankly, I'm not so happy about this article because it's basically blaming Robin Hood for this gentleman's choices. And and I also put the positive spin on it. Mr. Croissant. Dobatze. Dobatze. You took 75000 and turned it into over a million. You should have cashed in your chips, sir. Yeah. Well, first of all, yes. <laughs> like, but that also means if you did it once, could you do it again? Probably. And I believe in that. Yeah. So could you take seven thousand into a hundred? And if you took a hundred, could you take that into a million? Right. Yeah, you you did it wrong. You made a mistake, but you get back up. Have you never seen the movie Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, 4, 5, 6, 7? What are they up to, 12? I'm not sure, but the fact that you're going off about Rocky movies again. No, it works here, though. It does. It's no one's fault but your own. And you can look at this as a negative, like, I had this much money and now I don't. I like to liken this to gambling, and we touched on this last week, but I'm sorry. It's like walking into the Bellagio, dropping $100,000 on the table. Not that that's how much you did, but $100,000 on the table that you pulled out from your credit card or whatever, took a loan for. Started playing blackjack and got up to over a million and then started losing but I've watched it. People think, oh, I'll just get it back. I'll get it back. I'll get right. it back. And then they end up with nothing. And then turn around and blame the Bellagio for it. They didn't keep you at the table. They didn't tie you there and say you have to keep gambling. It is what it is. You made a choice. It happens. How do you think, and I know we're completely hypothesizing here. Mm-hmm. How do you think Tashika... Do bot says. <laughs> you just need to stop. <laughs> How do you think their marriage is? You know what? No, let's not hypothesize about somebody we don't know at all. I'm gonna guess it's tense around there. No, no, though. no. Let me um, imagine we're not in finance, or I'm not in finance. Okay. Actually, imagine I am in finance. Well, I don't. You don't have to imagine that I am. Right. We take. $75,000 of a highly speculative bet. When you loan against your house, when you take cash advantages, advances, that's highly speculative. They're like, we're not splitting hairs there. There's no one that's going to say, I, I think a cash advance on the visa is a pretty smart d- thing to do. At right? 30%. 
at yeah, whatever nobody, percent. Yeah. Nobody would like we don't have to argue idea. about that. We can just agree to that, right? Correct. When you make that over a million, if we did that, if I did that, what would you be feeling today? I would be upset. Well, I would be happy if it stayed at over a million. But it's not. It's $6,956. I'd be upset for a while. I would need a day. Uh, A a day? (laughs) Just one? Probably a month. Single? (laughs) Un? No, I would be upset. I'd be like, we had this and now it's gone. And now, we, by the way, we also have all this debt. Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of that. They still have the debt. Correct. It's not like you paid back your home equity loans and your credit card advance. You now you have $75,000 in debt. How do you not do that, though? How do you get that above a million and not go, you know, I just I guess I'll pay off this 75000 so it's off my back? It's the excitement. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but how do people become addicted to gambling or something? It's Time the out. excitement of something. So was this logical? Theoretically, yeah. How? I mean, he did a good job he for did. a while. Isn't it still logical then to say, I'll pay off those debts. So if something negative happens, like I go down to $6,956 dollars. But the problem, human nature, is as you're up, you think you can keep going up, and so you're almost invincible. I don't understand why you don't pay off those debts. I don't either, but that's human mentality and human nature. And I fear for him. I, I fear for their relationship. Or I feel, maybe not fear, I get, I do fear, but I feel for their relationship. Right. Because I can't imagine the stress that that puts on it. And it didn't need to be there. Correct. That's not what finance was supposed to be about. And using these tools, and this whole article blames Robinhood because they allow people to do options tradings. But I've gotten to see the opposite side of the spectrum where people aren't really allowed to do the options trading. And advisors like myself say, we need to scale back risk. And they, they think it's like we're keeping them from this glory land that all of a sudden they're going to be wealthy. Right. The idea of investments is, long, first of all, is long term. Right. Second of all, it's to increase the wealth at a rate above inflation. Right. That's always been the key and the point. Let's take our last break. And when we come back, uh, we'll see if we can do real estate. I think we're going to have to push that off to next show. Let's take a last break. We'll be right back. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Welcome back, everybody, to your third and final, our third and final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. 2018 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Mm -hmm. There was the Cinderella team. They made it past the Sweet 16, I think. Yes. 
They made it, I think, to the Elite Eight. Loyola of Chicago. Yep. Remember these guys? Yes, I do. They messed up my bracket. One time out, they don't take it. He got it. Oh, he got it. I love that. I love that song. Right here. There's nothing more fun about college basketball than that right there. The. And every and it's game over. I want to bring a video in from CNN. I don't believe in paying college athletes, and I can tell you personal opinion because I came from I, I played Division One baseball. You are paid. Correct. You are getting a free education. Let's say. Let's say that if you go to a smaller Division One school. Mm-hmm. Tuition's thirty grand. Okay. And room and board, another thirty grand. Yep. Right, because I mean, I know hope today, tuition, room and board, your fifty or sixty. Okay. Tuition itself is almost forty. I know University of Michigan, your fifty or sixty. Mm-hmm. So let's just say forty. To be nice. Okay. So let's say it would be forty grand a year. Now, if you or I wanted to go and pay for college, right? We wanted to go back, and it was forty yes. grand. <laughs> can we? Can do we just have to make forty grand? No. Why not? Uh, because you have other expenses that you have to pay for outside of that. And if we make forty grand, does the government want something? Yes. Hmm. Always, they always want something. It's called taxes. So let's say that forty thousand. Okay. Let's say in order to make that forty grand to, to send me to college, mm-hmm. we got to pay taxes. Yep. Uh, you know, we got to pay federal tax, state tax, state tax, and then uh, FICA. Mm-hmm. So add on. Now let's just. I'm going to use self. We own businesses, so we pay both ends, and you can adjust the math if you want to. But there's another argument. I'm going to use the twelve percent federal tax bracket. There's another argument that a lot of people. Wouldn't pay FICA, but they'd bump into the 22% tax bracket. Right. So, so use splitting hairs here. Yep, splitting hairs. 12, I'm going to use four and a quarter for state. Okay. So that brings us up to, nope, that was wrong. So 16 and a quarter. I know. 16 and a quarter, add 15. Okay. Okay. So watch this. That 40,000, what do you actually have to have? Was that right? Yes. Nope. Sorry, I just did that wrong. 40. Here's what we're going to do. Take the one minus... 0.3125, that was the cumulative tax. Okay, 6875, 40, divided by 0.6875. I'm going to round up. It's 58. So it's basically $60,000. 60 grand. Now, on top of that, as a college athlete, I got all my meals paid. Mm-hmm. And, and if I needed food, you got food. Right. We got stipends when we stayed later because baseball went after the semester was over. Correct. We got um, oftentimes books paid for. Yep. We got tutors. Yep. If I needed to get in a class and it wasn't available, somehow it became available. Miraculously. I got all the clothes I needed. Now, not suits. Well, right. But all the sweats and sweatshirts and workout gear you could ask for. Shoes. Not to mention however many shoes you went through in a season. Yep. Bats. Anything. There's another 10. Okay. So it's 70 grand. Now, if, if I go to college, most aren't going to go for four years anymore. Correct. I mean, especially, we're not talking about the high-end athlete. Now, if you're talking the high-end athlete, you're not there that long anyway. And a high-end athlete in basketball, you got one good year. Right. And if you're in football, you probably got two at the most. Then right. you're gone. So, 
70 grand, five years, it's $350,000 you're getting as an unproven, on nothing athlete. Are you kidding me? They're not paid. Take it down a notch or 10. 350,000. Right, exactly. They are getting paid. You are getting paid. And you know what I was taught? The name on the front of that jersey was more important than the name on the back. Right. That you, we used to teach athletes that you were being part of something bigger. Right. A cause, a group, a group of men, brothers that you could count on 20 years later if right. you needed help. It was like military-ish in a good way. And I'm going to cue you in on one thing too. It's not just for your season. My brother played basketball. They were clearly done by the end right. of the school year. They would still have to show up for summer camp. And guess what? If his shoes were not up to yep. par, guess what miraculously peer, appeared out of the locker room? And I'm not picking on him. A pair of shoes. What division was that? Two. I will tell you right now, every division you go up, the more stuff they give you. Correct. He uh, came home with shirts and shirts and shirts of stuff, and he was like, here, you guys want some shirts? But you're not paid. Right. Right. Well, let's go to this video real quick before we run on. D1 basketball for the University of Northern Colorado from 2012 to 2015. He's joining me now from Minneapolis, where he's attending the Final Four. He's currently a student at the UCLA Law School, where he's the managing editor of Law Review. And he wrote this piece for the New York Times, paying students to play would ruin college sports. By the way, Cody, I'm far more impressed. I'm not taking away anything from your game, but I am, as a lawyer, far more impressed that you are the managing editor of Law Review. So well done. Thanks, did you Michael. hear anything Appreciate from Senator me. Murphy? Sure. And did Senator Murphy turn your head at all, or are you still of that mindset that paying athletes would be a mistake? Look, I respect what the senator is saying. I think he's coming from a good place. But as a former Division I student athlete who's been through it, who has studied uh, the issues surrounding this this matter for the majority of the past decade, I, I respectfully disagree. How come? Make your case. So I think that what gets lost in this whole issue is that we're talking about men's basketball and football. And, and moreover, we're talking about men's basketball and football at a select number of universities. The Clemsons, the Yukons, the Alabamas, those are the universities that the senator is speaking of. But he even mentioned that Yukon can't afford the facilities that Clemson can. And if Yukon can't do it, then the smaller universities like myself, Northern Colorado or other small schools, um, they can't either. And so the problem that, that arises is that paying men's basketball student athletes and football student athletes is a cost to a, any institution. And where are they gonna get this money from? What happens is they end up cutting other sports to make this money arise. Men's basketball and football student athletes, that, that they are participating in a sport that is a revenue generating sport, generally. Other sports, no other sport generates revenue. And, and what he's saying, those sports subsidize. Right. Those other sports. And that's what I mean by you're part of something bigger. Right. We're, we're running out of time. But I wanna, go ahead. I was going to say, he basically goes on to say that, I mean, okay, so fine. Basketball and football are the breadwinners. Absolutely. But then when you go and you look at their girls' soccer team who won two championships in a row and their team is still going to get cut right. because of funding, because, the coach looked at them and said, you need to go and say something. Well, because here's the thing. You know, you forget that take that, you know, take the Big Ten and you're traveling anywhere from New York to... Nebraska. Yeah. So the football team does it. Right. The soccer team does too. Right. The swimming team. The baseball team. They all play the same teams. Yeah. Because it's a division. So yeah, your football is bringing in a ridiculous amount of money to help fund everything else so that other student athletes have a chance. And so 
here's what you have to ask yourself. Do you want more parity in college sports? Or do you want it to be more superpowers? And if a kid is talented enough to go get paid, which I argue they're paid in college, 350 lousy, measly dollars, thousand. I was going to say, uh, add a couple of zeros to that. $350,000. If they're that good, if you're that good in hockey, guess what? You can go to the minor leagues. Right. You can go get paid. Yeah. If you're that good in baseball, guess what? You can go get paid. If you're that good in basketball, guess what? You can go get paid. Oh, no, you got to wait one year. Oh, wait. Hmm. They're that year's Euro paid basketball. for. You can go to Euro. Yeah, that's true. They don't have discrimination against age. But I'm telling you, you start paying, you eliminate programs, and you'll lose things like this. Here they come. <laughs> one time out, they don't take it. That. One time out, they don't take it. Is gone. And so is the excitement. When you start paying these athletes, they'll lose this thing that made us together, that made us part of a brotherhood or sisterhood. They, you lose the fact that you're part of something bigger than yourself. Should college athletes, should these kids be taught to be part of something bigger than, than themselves? If it's yes, don't pay them. It's all the time we have. A lot of boys. It's been another episode of Fireproof Finances. God bless This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.